excited because I'm pretty sure all of you have probably heard the song Reckless Love. If you haven't heard Reckless Love, you need to go listen to it right now, but grab some tissues because it is overwhelming. <laughs> Anyways, seriously, Corey Asbury is on the show today and he is an amazing guy. I follow him on Instagram. I think he's hilarious. I've got to meet him in person a few times and he's become a great friend and I cannot wait for you guys to get to know him. I am so excited about this Whoa That's Good podcast because we got a whoa, really, really cool person, Corey Asbury in the house. Hey, how you doing? Hey, yo. <laughs> so good. Um, so, simplest podcast ever. One question. It's not that hard, but it could be confusing. What's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? <sighs> okay, so I've been thinking long and hard. Um, good. I've been given lots of good advice, but I think the most important thing that's ever been told to me was from a guy named Mike Bickle, um, who's at a place called the International House of Prayer in Kansas City. I spent eight years there, and he told me this right before my wife and I got married. And he said, the first one to say I'm sorry wins. Mm. And for me, that was huge because I was a very, very prideful person, Mm. and I hated saying sorry. I hated apologizing because I hated being wrong, you know? And uh, it was massive in my life. The first one to say sorry in an argument, in an altercation, in a conversation, wow. whatever it is, if you mess up you know, in a relationship, if you can go to that person and yeah. actually say, hey, I messed up, I'm sorry about that, yeah. and apologize, then you win. And that's always given me that's cool. motivation. So that was, that was the biggest thing for me. Wow, that's so good. You know what I love about it is, I think that whoever said that to you is genius because I think that... Especially if it's a hard thing for you to say you're sorry and you are, I don't know, struggle with pride in the past or something. It's cool that he made it a competition because it almost <laughs> speaks to your personality. It's like, okay, oh, yeah. uh, you know, you're going to win if you say I'm sorry first. And then that, that same sense of like passion that maybe even fueled pride at one time is now fueling this like sense of, no, I'm going to do this the right way. And that yeah. is so, so cool. Um, and I also love that it has to do with your marriage because that's something I wanted to hit on because I got to meet your wife, beautiful. Yeah. Um, at the Bethel Conference and just hearing about what you guys do together and worship was super cool and I'm sure people would love to know that side of your life. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we met, God, we've been married for almost 12 years, which is insane. Wow. I'm only 32, so it feels like half my life now. That's awesome. Um, we met uh, in Kansas City, actually, at the same place, the House of Prayer, and we've been leading worship together for a long time, for a, a great number of years. And I remember in the beginning, it was difficult because uh, I was kind of trying to be her leader mm-hmm. while uh, while leading worship with, <laughs> with her, which is very difficult, you know, because I was saying, hey, I, babe, I want you to work on this and this and this. And my tone wasn't always wonderful back in the day. <laughs> like I said, there was so much pride and so yeah. much, you know, young, zealous. I wanted to do well, but I didn't know how to do it, you know, so yeah. I would say these things to her, trying to get her to do better, and it would end up hurting her, you mm-hmm. know. But we have come so far, and now we lead worship together regularly, actually, at our so church. Cool. And it's incredible. You know, the, the synergy that you have with the person that you live your whole life mm-hmm. with is just amazing. So much, I don't have to say anything. She knows exactly yeah. where I'm going. I know exactly where she's going. Um, it's it's really a special thing to be able to lead worship. And it's something that's really so cool. beautiful in, in our relationship together. So cool. Yeah. I love it. I, I just love you guys and all that y'all do, all that y'all put out. Um, 
So I want to hear a little bit about the backstory and like making the last album that you made yeah. and just the creativity on it. Uh, I know we didn't really talk about that we were going to go there, but <laughs> uh, and I wasn't even planning on it. But I do know that that album has reached so many people, so many homes, so many uh, car rides. And I know that um, beyond it just being songs, it's become people's life anthems. And mm. I know that that's probably a huge thing to, to carry and just know like, oh my gosh, that the Lord used you in that way. So I would just love to know, um, when you were writing that, what did that look like? Sure. Yeah. I think, you know, there, there was so much fear of failure in my heart as a young person mm-hmm. growing up. My dad, he was pretty harsh. He was pretty mm-hmm. rough on us kids. There was a lot of kind of verbal, you know, maybe even verbal abuse sometimes and words that were harsh. And I grew up with sort of this idea that God must be that same way, right? Mm, He must be sort of harsh, sort of mean, sort of, you know, standoffish. And I just put that on God, you know, he must Mm. be like that. And I had so much fear of failure because Mm. of that. And and I had this performance mentality and I got to do A, B, and C to get the affections of God because I had to do A, B, and C to get my dad's attention and affection, right? You know? And so growing up, I did everything that I could. I played football, baseball, all these sports, and and I excelled at all of them because my motivation was actually the wrong motivation. I wanted my dad to be like, son, you know, you've done it. I'm proud of you. And and I would hear that sometimes, but that was so much of my motivation growing Mm -hmm. up. And that kind of moved into sort of the, the spiritual realm mm-hmm. as well. You know, my relationship with God, I I felt like I had to do something to earn yeah. His love. I wow. felt like I had to say the right things or, or play the right things mm-hmm. or write the right things or, or read my Bible a certain amount mm-hmm. in a certain day. And then maybe, you know, God would be like, you finally did it, Corey. You know, you've wow. arrived. And Spring is a great time to start something new, right? So whether it's cleaning or a new hobby or a new audiobook, a good story is always a great way to start a new journey and Audible has all that you need. I come from a family of great storytellers, so I know Audible is the home of storytelling, which is where I want to be. Audible lets you enjoy all your favorite audio entertainment together in one app. There's always something new to discover or you can rediscover some of your old favorites. Audible has an incredible selection of audiobooks from every genre like bestsellers, new releases, memoirs, mysteries, and thrillers, business, and more. It is the destination for mind-blowing entertainment with selections of mystery and thrillers that will keep your heart racing. And with next listen recommendations, there's always something irresistible at your fingertips. Plus, members get full access to a huge and growing selection of included audiobooks and audible originals and even podcasts like, well, that's good. So you can download them or stream them anytime, anywhere. Audible members can also pick one title each month to keep from the entire catalog, which is some serious benefits, y'all. The newly included selection of titles makes your Audible membership even more valuable and gives you the chance to discover your next favorite thing. With thousands of titles available, you're definitely going to find something that you love all in one convenient app. So I know some of you are into, you know, thrillers, crime, mystery. And I got to be honest, that's not really been my thing. So I told Bella, okay, Bella, tell me what I could like listen to that wouldn't scare me, but I would like be into it. And she told me about this title called The Last Thing He Told Me by Laura Dave. And so I started it and John Luke loved it too. And so I'm just not on the cusp of it. And y'all, let me tell you, it is very entertaining. You do want to listen to see what happened next. So if y'all are into that, Audible is a great place to find those too. New members can try Audible now for free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash 
slash woe or just text woe to 500-500. That's audible, A-U-D-I-B-L-E dot com slash woe or text woe to 500-500 to try audible for free for 30 days. That record was sort of the redefining of my relationship with God and, and asking him, okay, what do you actually think? How do you yeah. actually feel about me? I know what I think you think, yeah. and that's probably wrong. And he just began to speak wow. and, and tell me what he thought. And these songs began to, to kind of come out of that place. And Reckless Love is, you know, obviously the biggest one of those, but that's about the love of God that that comes even though mm-hmm. we don't deserve it, you know, in the yeah. line. We don't have we don't have to earn it because we can't. And that's yeah. the beauty of grace and the love of God. Wow. Ooh, okay. That was good. <laughs> that was beautiful. Um that's actually super encouraging to me where I'm at right now. Mm-hmm. Let's just get vulnerable on what that's on. good because um somebody actually asked me yesterday, they said, Sadie, uh, what has God been teaching you the most this summer? And I started thinking about it and I think that the biggest thing is that um, and this is kind of a hard lesson to learn and to hear, um, even from like my, my ears from what the Lord was saying to me, but that I think that I put a lot of disappointment on God that um, was not at all God's doing. It was mm. what people have said to me or people have done to me yeah. that was attached to the word love with it. When somebody would say, I love you, but then they would also speak harsh words or I love wow. you, but they would not follow up with their actions and that. Mm-hmm. And I kind of saw God like that. It's like, yeah, I understand he loves me, but I'm disappointed in some of the other things that have yeah. happened in my life and in my story. And I think that finally I um, set for a minute, like you said, and mm-hmm. I just said, God, mm-hmm. actually, what do you say about yeah. this? And I think that a lot of times, because we see something that we think might reflect God, because it maybe has the word love or it has the word father with it, we just say, oh, that is you, God. Instead of saying, actually, God, I'm going to let you have a time to speak, and I'm just going to actually fix my eyes to see you. And every single time, truth is put over yeah. the situation and covers the situation. And it's actually amazing to hear the heart behind that, because now thinking about the words of your song, I'm like, yeah, in those <laughs> moments, if you would actually have those moments to be still and to ask God to come in and ask God, what do you say? What do you like? And then just actually sing the song that you wrote, Reckless yeah, Love. Yeah. Like it just pours that truth right over the situation. And so that's beautiful. I hope if anybody's <laughs> listening and you're like me or you're like Corey, and maybe you've put something on God that actually wasn't God, but it was somebody that made have made of used the word I love you or used, um, had the word father in your life, that figure, whatever it was. Um, I just encourage you to to sit for a minute and ask God, give him a chance to just to just speak to who he really is and get to know the character of who our God is, because he's a good one. And I know that <laughs> sometimes when you hear he's a good father and you're in a place where you can't really believe that it's hard to hear. But I do encourage you to just sit still for a minute. Uh, so cool. Okay, so now that was like super serious talk. Uh, but you are a hilarious guy. Your Instagram absolutely kills me. Uh, so I would, uh, I just want to know more about who you are. Like, okay, for instance, I think that sometimes people like think that they know us, but like they don't really yeah. know us, you know? Oh, totally. So like, what is every day in life? So maybe not every day. What's something you love to do? You and your wife, you and yeah. your family. Sure. I mean, if you follow me on Instagram, you definitely know lately that I love fishing. 
Nice. I think uh, it's weird because uh, I think a lot of people see that and they're like, oh, he's posting fishing pictures again. <laughs> but honestly, my life and the way that it's gotten crazy this past year uh-huh. uh, with travel and then, you know, the song and this record kind of taken off in ways that I never expected. Yeah. Fishing is actually a place of peace for me. So cool. And so a lot of times I bring my son who's eight years old I'll, or I'll bring my daughter who's four years old. We also have another daughter who's one and a half, so I don't, I don't bring her. But, <laughs> you know, I'll bring those guys out with me on, on my kayak. <laughs> and that's the place where it's just me and God. So and for cool. a lot of people, you know, it's almost like you think, I got to be in church to experience yeah. God, right? Or I got to be reading my Bible to mm-hmm. experience God. And I think the biggest thing that he's teaching me lately is just get out in nature and yeah, talk to me. Yeah, so good. And mm-hmm. so that's actually my place of peace. But that's that's like my favorite thing in the world because there's also a measure of mystery to it. Yeah. You never know what you're going to catch. Like that's so fun <laughs> so to cool. me because yeah. you might catch a 10-pound bass yeah. that day. And if I catch a 10-pound bass, I'm freaking out. Like, yeah. Everyone listening is like, yeah, whatever. But I'm like freaking out fully, yeah. you know. So I love that. And, and just having fun with the family, being crazy and, you know. Yeah. I've been trying to jump on the trampoline with my kids lately, which I think is a bad idea because my knees are getting a little jacked up. But I, I'm nailing a flip lately. Hey, come on! Yeah, with and it. I can almost do a 540 flip, which I'm pretty fired up. Oh, with. what a uh, wait! Yeah, front yeah, yeah. or back flip? Uh, Where are we going? Front. So it's like forward and you spin at the same time. <laughs> I haven't worked up the courage to do a back flip since that's I was hilarious. like 16. So. Oh my gosh! See, that's funny. I can do a back flip. I cannot do a front flip. That's okay, that's weird. Me. I don't want to see where I'm going. I'd rather just, you know, <laughs> unknown. Woo, let's do it. That's hilarious. No, I love that you said that. I actually just went fly fishing for the first time. Yeah. Oh, I saw that. Oh, yeah, right. I was okay. jealous. Seriously. Wait, where were you again? In Montana yeah, with the Lescos. Um, it was the coolest thing ever. Um, but I had such a God lesson in mm-hmm. that whole thing. It was a three-hour trip. Literally, we had three hours. We were supposed to... I mean, we're thinking we're catching... We're catch so many fish. <laughs> was like, Shoot, we have enough fish fry tonight, you know? No, that's different. Oh, no. Okay. It was so different. I'm used to fishing with, like, a worm and a cane pole. And, that's like, not seriously, fishing. you put it in... Okay, that ain't okay, okay, okay. It's Louisiana fishing. You put the worm in, and it's, like, right out. You have a fish every time. This fly fishing... Holy cow. It was two hours and 45 minutes. I had not caught one fish. Aww, and I was like, that's so oh, sad. I, no, but you want to talk about my prayer life, okay? My prayer <laughs> life was bumped in. And so I was like, Lord, just teach me through this moment, patience, whatever. But like, I know there's going to be a fish at the end of this journey. You know, uh-huh. this has to be a promise message. Well, it was two hours and 57 minutes. Where I oh can literally gosh. see where we're pulling up. I put that fly in there one more time and boom montana native fish and i cannot even tell you i i totally relate to your if you caught a bass you'd be freaking out i almost like tipped the boat i was freaking out it was the coolest thing ever but I love that you said that about church. It's like it's not all about just being at church. You can mm-hmm. you can relate to God and encounter Him anywhere you are. And actually, I drive um, a pretty good ways to go to my church. And I've I've actually found that when I turn my radio off and I just sit in the car and I just have this drive, a lot of times that's actually when I encounter God the most totally. on the way to church. Totally. When I'm at church, you know, I get to be with the family, the body. You know, there's that community aspect, and it's so important. But some of my most personal encounters with God have been on the way. Mm-hmm. And so I just love that. I feel like a 
overarching theme through this is those moments when we get silent and we actually just allow him to just be him. That's when we're overwhelmed. And so that's super cool. Anything else that you want to give as just a piece of advice? I know you gave us your best piece you've been given, but anything you would tell just overall um, to this generation? Yeah. And I know that's kind of a, people always oh, that's, like, give me so the good. best word you've ever had. And I'm like, <laughs> but anything you just want to give? Yeah, I think I can, I can give you what I'm learning, you know, and, yeah. and that's for me lately. Let God fight for you. Good. I think in this past season of my life, I always thought that I had to do it for myself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's almost like this pull up your bootstraps and mm-hmm. get it done because you're your own maker and blah, blah, blah. And it's, I, I think that's bull. Like, to, yeah. <laughs> to, you know, to, yeah. to put it lightly, I don't think that's right. And I think when we actually invite God into our story, mm-hmm. whether it's a, a victory or a triumph or a trial or whatever it is, you just say, okay, God, I actually need your help. Mm-hmm. You invite him in. He's just waiting for you to invite him, yeah. you know, especially if it's something difficult. He's, I, I imagine him sitting there going, just like, just ask me, yeah. just ask me, I yeah. want to help. And so many times we think we have to do it for ourselves. And so I've just been going, okay, God, I'm going to let you fight for me. And I've found, you know, this kind of tongue in cheek, but he almost always does better than I would have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it always ends up better than it would have ended up if I fought for myself. Yeah. And I used to think, well, to be a strong personality and a strong leader, I have to be a certain way and I have to just bowl people mm-hmm. over to get what I want and what I need. And the truth is, that's actually not how Jesus was. Yeah. He was kind. He was that's meek. So he was good. gentle. And he let the Father do what the Father needed to do. Yeah. You know, and so I've just been going, okay, God, I invite you into this story, whether it's something difficult or something awesome, and I just allow you to fight for me. I allow you to take care of it because you're going to do it better than I would. That's so good. Um, Wow. I've actually been reading Daniel lately, and I've been reading it over and over and over again, and I think... The reason why is because of the part where it says the angel came and shut the mouth of the lion. Mm -hmm. And I just have been so um, intrigued by that, that like Daniel didn't fight the lion himself, which obviously if God wanted that to be the story, he could have done that considering God gave David the strength to, you know, kill lions and bears with his hands. But Daniel, he didn't give that strength. He let the angel come and fight the lion. And it's a huge part of that story because King, the king that was around, like, he was able to see like, oh my gosh, what a faithful God you serve that your God would send an angel. And it was this huge thing about God fighting for him. And so it's actually cool. I I wouldn't have made that connection until you're just saying that, but it's that same thing of just like, God can do it a lot better than you can. (laughs) And when you let him do it, then the attention at the end of the day is not on you. And so the people around you are able to say, wow, what a faithful God you are. Yeah. There's there's one more thing in Daniel. Just sorry, real quick. You got me fired up. No, come on, say it. There's one more thing. It's it, the Bible in Daniel. It says that as soon as he started to pray yeah. and, and fast and ask God, it says immediately an angel was yes. dispatched to go out and help. You know, so it's, as soon as he asked, yes. bam, something happened. So something, good. something changed. So I, I think that's really. I sweet. love it. Just like you said, he's just waiting on that ask, and the yeah. minute you ask, all of heaven's army is coming yeah. towards you. That's so cool. Come, Come on. on, Corey. Whoa, <laughs> way good, way way good. Well, seriously, uh, thank you for spending time with us yeah. and. Not not only just um, allowing us into your life, but giving us the best advice. This is this is a solid, solid yeah, situation. Thank you for having me. Yeah, appreciate thanks. it. All right, y'all. You know what time it is. Time to call Mama. So we're gonna call Mama with our best piece of advice and our worst piece of advice. Let's see what she has to say. 
What's up? Heyo, how you doing, Mom? I'm good, how are you? Good, I actually have been spending the day with Corey Asbury, and it was awesome. Oh my gosh, you are not ready. So cool. It was really cool because, you know, Reckless Love, obviously, I think everybody in the world knows Reckless Love, and he told us, like, the backstory on, like, why he wrote it and stuff, so it was awesome. So awesome. You're getting to talk to all the best people. I know, it's been great. Okay, are you ready for the Whoa, That's Good, Whoa, That's Bad test? Yes. Brought to you by the Whoa, That's Good podcast Instagram. <laughs> a little plug. Okay, anyways, <laughs> to the point. Okay, this is a really, this is really, really hilarious because I think we've actually, in our house, I know me and Bella have both been here. Cutting your own bangs. <laughs> I should just stop there. <laughs> Cutting your own bangs. I'm just going to go ahead and say, Whoa, I that's can just bad. go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, that is bad. Is there more to this advice? Yeah, it's actually more, and it gets gets way better and worse. Okay, let me hear it. Cutting your own bangs after a breakup is a great idea and a perfect way to look new to get over him. Whoa, that is really bad. (laughs) That is so bad. First of all, do not make any major life changes after a breakup. (laughs) That's good. And cutting your bangs is a major life change, let's all. Let's agree on that all one. I agree. You will never no. Not only will you not forget the season that you had bangs, nobody in your life around you will let you forget <laughs> the season of your life that you had bangs. Cutting your bangs is always a bad idea, but cutting your bangs after a breakup is like a really bad idea. That is like that's bad, y'all. Like, don't so ever harsh. do that. That don't ever. That's actually funny because you know Lainey has like been rocking the bangs for quite some time now. Yeah. And Lainey looks me in the eye every day and says, "Sadie, is everybody talking about me like in my bangs like the way that people normally talk about bangs or like am I actually doing it?" I'm like, <laughs> "Actually, boo, I think you're actually doing it. It's quite impressive." <laughs> that's a true friend. I know. It's like I need to be real about the bangs. I know. I told her you know things ever change. I let her know. I, I, I kind of thought about cutting bangs this morning, but Mom. I resisted. I know. Mom. I don't know why. Like, why Whoa. does that come over us sometimes? Whoa. Why? Bad. No. I, I resisted. I No. Yes. Good job. Way to resist. That, is, <laughs> that would be really shocking. Okay. <laughs> Next piece. Um, seek to understand, not to be understood. Hmm. I think we should understand and be understood. I think we... Like, because... I think, first of all, we need to seek to understand, and because that is, like, first we need to listen before we speak, so first we should, maybe if that advice were changed to, like, first seek to understand, then seek to be understood, so, like, well, because if you, you want seek to-, to understand, it'll probably lead to being understood, boom, <laughs> whoa, that was true, pretty good, true, true, because, whoa, that's good, well, that was good, because if you give it time, if you listen, if you hear the person out, then you can bring understanding with more clarity, because normally, if you're not being understood, there was a, there was something, there's a misconnection, you know, there was something that right. got lost in translation, or, so I think that just to try to have right. understanding from where yeah. that person's coming from, then you, you can in turn bring understanding and be understood that's good because i think if your goal is like to be understood then that's really more of a like a you're you're worried about what you're saying more than what the other person is saying and really really conversation is about listening and yeah it the conversation flows from that so i think i i get it now i get the advice and i think that it's a good one so whoa that's good whoa that's good okay that was actually really good i like talking about that one um Some of these you actually have to think about a little bit. Yeah, you really do. Yeah. 
good. You got some good followers. I and know. You, you guys are awesome. Okay, yeah. so how about this? I'm actually really interested in hearing what you're going to say about this. Just sleep through your problems so you don't have to deal with them. <laughs> <laughs> Coming from a nine on the Enneagram, what do you have to say you about this? Like I know. I'm no. like, I think I've seen you take a nap or two on a stressful day. <laughs> you know, I do like my sleep, but I think in general that's bad advice because, like, sleeping through your problems, you're just going to wake up and they're still going to be there. But I do think sometimes a good nap can cure a lot of things. And even like going to sleep at night, sometimes you, you know, like, you just wake up to a new day, or you wake up after an app, and you're like, okay, look, this is solvable. This is actually mm-hmm. doable, where if you just keep stressing over it and allowing it to, you know, just bother you and keep you up at night, that's not a good thing either. So Yeah. Okay, so I, I have a question for you. We're, we're taking a detour on the Whoa, That's Good okay. podcast. Okay, so there's that scripture, and it says, like, don't go to bed angry, right? Mm-hmm. So how do you translate this into kind of what we're already talking about as far as, like, going to bed? Because you said sometimes a good night's sleep is good for you. Um, but I think if people were to argue, but the Bible says don't go to bed angry, like, where do you think the line is drawn for that? Mm-hmm. So I think that sometimes you can, like, say like like we're just gonna put a pause on this and let's sleep and then tomorrow it might be a new day we might have a different feeling or really pray about it then go to sleep and then wake up and you will have a fresh perspective yeah Yeah. i think you will have a fresh perspective so i don't think it's like that that verse is meaning like literally stay up all night and argue it out and fight it out until you until you solve it Mm -hmm. because some things are not going to be solved in one night like it's just not like you can stay up as long as you want and you're not going to solve this problem but at the same time like whenever you go to bed don't go to bed with your anger go to bed like giving it up to god yeah and and um and you know letting that letting go of that giving it to him and then wake up with a new yeah. perspective the next day. That's so good. You know, the the verse, like, after that, I read one time, it says, like, don't uh, go to bed angry. It says, don't go to, uh, don't be angry at another believer. It says, but be angry at the unjust, at the ungodly, of the things that, that aren't of God. And so it's basically saying, like, sometimes I think we channel our anger towards, like, the person that, like, you know, we're fighting against. Well, we think we're fighting against, but then later in Ephesians, because that was in Ephesians 4 or 5, later in Ephesians 6, it obviously says it's not against flesh and blood. And so don't channel your anger towards that person, or you're just going to keep building on anger. Things are going to become really annoying. Things are going to add up. But if you just actually look at it for what it is, and maybe it's jealousy maybe it was something that the enemy brought forth like be angry at the jealousy be angry at the enemy pray towards that to fall and to end to go away and then the next day you might look at the person beside you and be like you know what nothing's even like you didn't even do anything or you didn't uh, intend to do something that was to hurt me and you can just talk about it with a new perspective because you're not looking at it like that person you're looking at like oh this is so the enemy no more not today satan but girl that is so good <laughs> well you get so wise uh, well, i have a really great mother you know <laughs> well i love you mama that's awesome i'll talk to you love soon you bye baby bye thanks so much for listening to the whoa that's good podcast we got a lot of good nuggets today 
Don't forget to follow me on all the social media platforms I'm on. Instagram, I'm at LegitSadieRob. Twitter, SadieRob. And follow our Live Original Instagram. Also, I'm Sadie Robertson on Facebook. Head over to LiveOriginal.com and subscribe to this podcast. And while you're there, you can see the tour dates that I'm coming to a city near you. Don't forget, please leave comments in the iTunes section and leave reviews. This podcast is produced by Steve Strout and Peter Hartzell. So a huge shout out to them and a thank you to my LO team. You guys are the best. We love y'all and we appreciate you listening. I'll see y'all soon. Mm-hmm.